Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of Power Play with Nicholas Pola. I am your host, Nicholas Pola, and on this week's episode, we have a banner for you. We're talking about the NHL pause, NHL not going to the Olympics, and we have a World Junior preview, and then we're also looking at the upcoming schedule for the AHL and ECHL, so please stay tuned. All right, so let's get right into this. Now, this is a new show. This is our first episode. We will be having an episode, ideally every Wednesday, coming out once weekly. So let's get right into this. All right, so it was announced yesterday, I believe, that the NHL would not be going to the Olympics. And it was announced on Monday, I believe, that the season was going to be put on pause starting today and going until uh, after Christmas. Now, there's a couple couple things on this. They claimed it was because of the there was a lot of teams postponing games because of positive COVID tests, correct? And it was because of the new Om- Omicron variant. Now, I don't like to get, I don't want to get very political too often in this show, but the Omicron variant, from my understanding, is pretty pretty um there's not a high risk of severe illness or or death coming from my understanding um dr fauci on a cnn interview on december 13th even mentioned this he said that it wasn't as severe as the other ones here we have an article from Bloomberg saying that Bloomberg.com saying that the Omicron has 80% lower risk of hospitalization in South Carolina or sorry, South Africa than um, than Delta. Now this is very curious because every NHL player is fully vaccinated with the exception of Tyler Bertuzzi. Vaccine already declines your risk or lowers your risk of severe illness and death. Omicron variant lowers your risk of severe illness and death. Not to mention, these are professional athletes that had super healthy, super young, almost no risk of getting severe illness or dying from COVID of any variants. Name one professional athlete that you know that had a severe illness from COVID, let alone died from it, okay? And I say all of this, I say all of this because there's there's no point to pausing the series 
There's no points in taking a player out, postponing games for a couple of positive tests. Why don't we do that with the flu? The flu poses about the same risk to these players as COVID does, let alone the Omicron variants. And NBA Commissioner Adam Silver was uh, asked about this on um, ESPN's NBA Today on Tuesday. And he said, quote, no plans right now to pause the season. We've, of course, looked at all the options. But frankly, we're having trouble coming up with the, what, log- what the logic would be behind pausing right now. The virus will not be eradicated, and we're going to have to learn to live with it, end quote. Bravo on him. Bravo. Finally, a leader with some logic. COVID is not going away. No matter how bad you want it to go away, it's not going to go away. It's going to keep evolving. It's going to keep, there's going to be some sort of new variant. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. All of this to say, the NHL used this pause as an excuse to, can, to cancel the Olympics. Now, Gary Bettman, if you remember, back when the pandemic first started, he dangled Olympic participation in front of the players uh, so that they would agree on a new CBA and return to play uh, using the bubble format so that they could award the 2020 Stanley Cup. I'm I'm starting to believe that Gary Bettman had no intention of winning of going to the Olympics anyway. He was trying to look for the slightest excuse to pull the NHL players from the Olympics. Because you remember back in 2018, he was adamant on not sending players to the Olympics. He thought there was no point. He thought it would have been way easier than uh to just continue the season and send NHL players to the Olympics. And he he really didn't want to do it this time. He was just doing it, dangling it so that he wouldn't miss a paycheck during the pandemic. It was even it was even reported he didn't want to do it. He was just doing it to try to make the players happy so that they would be willing to finish the twenty twenty season. Now the NHO has gotten themselves in a pickle because they told uh, arenas where the teams play that they weren't going to be playing during that three-week Olympic break. So now all these stadiums have have those those three weeks filled up with concerts and whatnot. How how are and the NHO is is trying to have these postponed games played during during those three weeks. How is that going to work if there's if there are concerts and whatnot going on at these at these venues? So now, I I just don't know what what to say about it. It's just it's it's completely dumb. It's completely dumb, and I I hear some people saying, "Oh, well, it it wasn't Gary Batman's fault. It was the Canadian government. The Canadian government is being." is being very 
very strict with COVID and all of that. And it's like, you know, if I were Gary Bettman, I would say, screw it. You know what? Screw it. Screw the Canadian government. Pull the Canadian teams out of Canada, just like the MLS did. I've been playing the U.S. until the Canadian government grants them permission to come back. I mean, I feel like, I feel like that's pretty simple. Why? Pause the season in the middle of the freaking season. For for a virus that you have that professional athletes have no chance of dying from. I don't know. Let's go on to uh, World Junior Preview now. So the World Juniors start this Sunday, December 26th, with a slate of four games. We've got Finland versus Germany at 1 o'clock. We've got Russia versus Sweden at 3.30. We've got the Czech Republic versus Canada at 6 o'clock. Then we've got the United States versus Slovakia at 8.30. So a pretty packed schedule to start off the tournament. We've got 10 teams participating, the same 10 teams from last year. We've got Group A, we've got Canada, Finland, Germany, the Czech Republic, and Austria. And then in Group B, we got the United States, Russia, Sweden, Slovakia, and Switzerland. Since there was no promotion or relegation last year, we got the same 10 teams playing this year. Then we're going to look at uh, the projected Group A standings last year. We know uh, Canada, Canada got silver after losing to the Americans in the gold medal match. And then we got Finland, who won the bronze medal last year. We got the Czech Republic, who got seventh last year. Germany, who got sixth last year. And we got Austria, who got last place last year. Um, and then this year, I have Group A going. Canada, Finland, Germany, Czech Republic, and Austria, in that order. Let's Let's preview each team. We got first. We're gonna look at Canada, who they're always perennial favorites, in whichever group they're in. Um, obviously last year they had they had the most stacked World Juniors team I I've seen in a while, and the United States came in in that gold medal game, and just they they shut them down. They won two nothing. And that, that you, not to say that the United States team was bad by any means. That, that U.S. team was really good last year. But Canada, they had players such as Quentin Byfield and, and players like him. This year, they're, they're going to be looking to, um, to avenge their uh, gold medal the gold medal loss last year and um i uh, they've got the strongest team on paper again this year um they got NHL prospects such as Sebastian Casa of the Detroit Red Wings they've got Dylan Durand of the New York Rangers they've got Lucas Cormier of Vegas Caden 
Gould of Montreal, Carson Lambos of Minnesota, Ryan O'Rourke of Minnesota, Owen Power of Buffalo. They've got Maverick Bork of Dallas, Ridley Grieg of Ottawa, Kent Johnson of Columbus, Cole Perferetti of Winnipeg. This team is just is just stacked. Top to bottom again. Not not quite as stacked as last year's team, but still really stacked. Um they got two really good goalies. I they're gonna be battling it out up until the first day, maybe even after for that starting spot. Is Sebastian Kasa and Dylan Jaran. Both really good goalies. And they they've got a really good blue line also. Owen Power, the first overall pick uh in the twenty twenty one draft. Um he's he's lighting it up at the University of Michigan this year. Um and they're also returning Caden Gould of last year's team. And then also on their blue line they have Olin Zellweger and Carson Lambos. The Ford, the Ford group is is stacked. Honestly, they got Cole Perfetti, Perfetti, who will be without Peyton Krebs, but Peyton Krebs, Quentin Byfield, Dawson Mercer, Dylan Cousins. But honestly, the people who are replacing them, they got Dylan, Gwenther, Kent Johnson, Mason McTavish. So really, um. And they're not going to have really any problem replacing Byfield and Mercer Cousins, in my opinion. Really, the biggest question I have is who's going to be able to stop Canada, honestly? I I don't think anyone in the group stage is going to be able to beat them. It may, maybe Finland, but definitely not Germany, Czech Republic, or... um. Austria. So we'll see. Now going on to who I have as second in the in the group, the Finland. They got they um got the bronze last year, and really really great performance last year. Um, unfortunately, they had a COVID outbreak on the team earlier this month. Forcing Atu Roddy to miss the World Junior um, Championship, and they've are they're already going to be missing Anton Lundell, who is ineligible. Uh, looking at their roster, though, they got they got prospects all over. They got Joel Blumquist. They got Levi Mirliani. Mirliani. They got Eleski. Haimo Salmi, they got Vile Altevainen, Kasper Puti, Putio, uh, Samuel Helenius, Roni Hervonen, Oliver Kapanen, Kasper Simon Taivo. Um, pretty good ro- roster, top to bottom. A lot of prospects, a lot of guys drafted early in the 2020 and 2021 drafts. Um, 
it looks like Blomqvist will be starting in net for Finland, and um, really he's gonna he's gonna really be counting on because defense doesn't look as strong. They got they got Topi Niemela who should be who might who might be the best defenseman in the tournament, but after that, not great. They got. Leski, Haimo Salami, they got Casper, Putillo, uh, Emil, Vero, and Ruben, Rafkin. Um, so, yeah. Um, really, are they, are they going to be able to get past Canada? If they can beat Canada, I feel like... They can get past Canada. I feel like they have a good chance at that gold medal. All right, now going on to team I have finishing third in the group, Team Germany. They're going to be without some of their talents um, with people like JJ Paterka and Lucas Reichel. But they got... Really good D group, really good goalies. They got uh, Nikita Kwop um, as their goalie. And they also got uh, Florian Bugel, who will be starting in net, which that's a pretty good one two punch in net right there. And then they also got Luca Muntenberger, who was drafted by Edmonton in the 2021 draft. Um, Wittenberger, teammate of Isaac Walter at University of Vermont. And they will be anchoring the blue line that's returning uh, Maskimilian Zuber and Maximilian Glotzel. Um, so, yeah, I think I, they could be a dark horse, really, the Germans. Uh, I picked them third when most people are picking them. Finish fourth, really. If they if they go fourth or if they go third, they might be able to pull off an upset. Seeing as how they'd be facing off the number two team from Group Group B, which Group B is looking way stronger than Group A, honestly. Um, but now going on to the Czech Republic, who I have finishing fourth. Um, they ha- they have a tough. They had a tough draw last year. They they faced off with the U.S. They faced off with Russia, and they faced off with Sweden. Um, who U.S. won gold, Russia got fourth. Sweden had a little bit of a rough tournament, but still, Russia or Sweden is still a really good team. Um, they they got some great players. They got Jan, Jan Bednar, and Jakob Malik. Um, who will be their one-two punch in net. They got uh, Mikhail Kutil, Stanislav Sovazil, and um, Jakob, Jakob Brabinec, uh on their D-line. Then they've got some a pair of, oh, sorry, not a pair of Minnesota prospects, but they got Pavel Nov- Novak from Minnesota and then Jan Mysak from from Montreal. 
So, um, the Turks will be without goalie Nick Malik. But, and they'll mostly be leaning on Jan Bednar. But, uh, their blue line is returning Mikhail Krutil, Stanislav Zvozil, um, and Jan Mysak will also be returning as he he was last year's captain on the team. Uh, if Jan Mysak can elevate can elevate his goal scoring, I can see the Czech Republic doing really well. Maybe even maybe even getting third, maybe even second, but Jan Mysak is really gonna have to is really gonna have to step it up for the Czechs. And now going to the team I have in fifth place, Austria. Really, really Austria. They're they're just happy to be at the World Junior uh, tournament. Honestly, um, they got completely destroyed last year. They got last place in the tournaments. Only reason they didn't get um relegated is because. Uh, there was no promotion or relegation last year because of COVID, and um, but they still got a really good pro- prospect with Marco Rossi. Um, or no, sorry, Marco Ro- Marco Rossi is not eligible. Um, but last year they had Marco Rossi, who was really their only great player. He he was drafted. First over, or sorry, he was drafted in the first round, ninth overall by the Minnesota Wild in the 2020 draft. Um, yeah, not a great lineup. Marco Casper, Vincent, Vincennes Roher, Luca Iyer. Um, Casper was on the team last year. He as a 16 year old, he could, he could be a first round pick in the 2022 or. Yeah, 2022 NHL draft. So, um, watch out for for Marco Casper. Um, really, other than Casper, not much is really gonna happen with them. I mean, it would take like a miracle on ice effort for them to make it out of the group, really, and into the the quarterfinals. Um. But yeah, if Casper is looking to replace Marco Rossi, and I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe they can, maybe they can must muster up something. But I don't know. I I just don't see it. Um. And yeah, that is your group A. That is going to be your group A. Preview and now we're going to go on to your group B preview right now. All right, now continuing with our group B preview, uh, on group B, group B looks stacked. They got Team Sweden, they got Russia, they got the U.S. Um, all who were in the top five last year, the U.S. winning gold. Um, yeah, and we had that, uh, classic showdown between the U.S. and Sweden. Um, the U.S. finally breaking 
the Sweden's crazy long group stage winning streak is way up there. I forget how long it was. It was like 46 games or something like that. Something crazy like that. Hadn't lost since like 2006, I believe, 2006, 2007 or something like that. And yeah, the United States finally broke that to win the group. And Sweden, Sweden did not have a great tournament last year. But on I think that's going to change this year. Again, they're a great group team. They're they're a great group stage team. So I think um looking at last year, the United States won gold, obviously. Russia got fourth, Sweden fifth, Slovakia eighth, and Switzerland ninth. Um but what I have projected for this year, I got Sweden first because they're a great group stage team, honestly. Um and I don't see them faltering again this year. I've got the United States going second. I've got Russia going third. Slovakia fourth and Switzerland fifth. So let's get into each team's preview. So first place I had um I have Sweden who again last year they had their crazy win streaks um snapped and then right after that they lost in the quarterfinals to the rival Finland uh Nordic rivalry there but I think they're gonna bounce back this year and control the group the group of death um they got a lot a lot of NHL prospects here uh with some uh Kale Klain, Jesper Vickman, Jesper Walstead, uh they got Simon Edvinson they got Joel Nystrom, they got William Eklund, Elliot Ekmark, Alexander Holtz, Fabian Lysel, Theodore Niederbrock, Zion Nightbag, Oscar Olesson, Isaac Rosen, Albert Sjoberg, Daniel Togerson. So they got a really, a lot, a lot of prospects, a stacked roster from top to bottom. Um... But yeah, they probably got the best. I'd I'd say they got the best one-two punch in net with with Cal Cal Klein and Jesper Walston. I mean that's that's a stacked. Uh, that's stacked. And then on top of that, they have got Jesper Jesper Vickman. All three of those have been drafted into the NHL. Already Cal Klein with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jesper Vickman with the Vegas Golden Knights, and Jesper Walston with the Minnesota Wild. Um, I'd say that's, those three, I'd they probably have the best goalie group in the entire tournament, I'd say. Um, look at their blue line. They've got Edmondson, Grons, Luth, Nystrom, Andre, Olsen, and that's probably, <laughs> again, that's probably the best defensive unit in the tournament, again, probably, probably from top to bottom, I'd have Sweden right up there with, with Canada, um, you look at their forwards group, they got Gunler, they got Lucas Raymond, they got Oscar Allison, they got William Eklund, Alexander Holtz, that's just their top four, when you, or their top six, when you look at the bottom six, they still got Lysel or Fabian Lysel. They got Theodore Nierbrock. They got Zion Nye- Nyback. 
Um, so yeah, I think really this group is Sweden's to lose. Um, but let's look. Let's switch focuses on what I think will be Team Sweden's biggest competitor. I think it'll be Team USA. Uh, they're coming off of a gold medal last year, and um, and they're 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 gonna uh, be looking to repeat. Um, they got a again. Group B is a tough schedule, so really, really, I think Sweden, any of the three teams, Sweden, Russia, United States, I think any of those three could win, but I think uh, the United States will come in seconds, and we've got a lot of NHL prospects coming from Team USA. We've got Drew Camesso, uh, goalie from Chicago, we got Brock Faber, we got Luke Hughes, the brother of Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes. We've got Wyan Case here, we got Tyler Clevin, Ian Moore, Scott Morrow, Jack Hart, we got Jake Sanderson, we got Maddie Beniers, we got Brett Berard, we got Matt Coronado, we got Tanner Dickinson, we got Matthew Nyes, we got Chaz Lucius, we got Carter Mezer, we got Sasha Hachuov, we got Mackie, Samosh Kivetch, we've got Redmond Savage, we've got Landon Slager, we've got Ty Similiak, all of which have been drafted in either 2020 or 2021. Um, in net, the United States will more than likely go with Drew Camesso, who has been on a roll with Boston University this year. Um, their, their blue line, their blue line looks like one of the best in the tournament. They got Jake Sanderson, uh, Brock Faber, Luke Hughes, and then they also got Scott Morrow and Jack Parts to ha the um add some depth and some offensive player also. Then you got uh the forward group. It's probably led by Maddie Beniers, who is a prospect for the Seattle Kraken. Um but they also got Matt Coronado, the, uh, who has been on a roll for Harvard this year. We got Matthew Nice, who has been even better for the University of Minnesota. Got Chaz Lucius, or Lucius, who um, has also been had a really great season for the Golden Gophers, the University of Minnesota. We've got Sasha Pastiwov, who is dominating in the eight and the OHO for the Guelph Storm. He's got 35 points in 26 games. So, um, yeah, really, I give credit to the United States National Team Development Program for being able to v develop a really great, um, a really great team, giving uh, NHL teams a lot of prospects to go through in the NHL draft. Um, and yeah, uh, can the Americans, really the biggest question I have is will the, will the blue line of the Americans, will they be able to, to be able to withhold, uh, the Swedish attack? Swedish probably have one of the best, uh, offensive attacks in all of the tournaments. And, um, yeah, we will see. And then. The team I have going third 
in the group, Team Russia. Uh, they had not the greatest tournament last year. Um, they missed out on the top seed to the United States, ended up having to play Canada in the semifinals, which you heard about Canada's team last year. But looking at their prospects, they have Yaroslav Askarov. They've got Kirill Kursanov. They got Shakir Mukin. Bukamadulin, they got Nikita Nokiyov, they got uh Nikita Nikita Guslev Guslistov, they got Nikita Chiprikov, they got Marak Gusnudinov, they've got Alexander Pashev or Pashin, they got um Vasily Ponomaryov, they got Fedor Sveshkov, they got Kirill Tinkov, they've got Dmitry Sladiev. Um, so a lot of a lot of um, NHL prospects there. Um, their their top goalie Yaroslav Askarov, who was in the tournament last year, probably the best goalie in the tournament last year. Um, he's he hasn't had the greatest season in the uh this year. He's been splitting time between the KHL and the VHL. Um, he'll be looking to get things back on track with the strong World Juniors performance. Um, on defense, the the Russians have Semyon Tishtikov, who has aged out. Um, but his partner in the 2021 tournament, Shakir Bukin-Dalin, is back on the blue line with uh, Kirill Kursinov and... Um, and that's really all they have. Um, the Russian blue line is pretty pretty thin, um, but their forward group is looking. Fyodor uh, Shveshkov uh, will be playing with Marat Kuz- Kuznutinov, Nikita Chiprikov, Velisi Ponomaryov, um, and with some depth, they got Alexander Pashin and Kirill. Tankov, so they've got they've got a really good uh forward group. Really, if the, if the Russians are gonna do, the Russians are gonna knock off the United States or uh Sweden. It's gonna be with their uh forward group because uh defensively they are not looking great. I mean, in nets, it depends which which Yaroslav Askarov are we gonna are we gonna get? Is it gonna be twenty twenty one? Yaroslav, uh, is it going to be, uh, 2021 World Junior Yaroslav Askarov, or is it going to be the, uh, Yaroslav Askarov we've seen so far this year, the KHL and VHL. Then going on to a team I have going fourth in this group, we got Team Slovakia, who has a couple of prospects. They got, uh, Samuel, uh, not. Nasco, uh, they've got Martin Tromiak, and they got Jakub Damiak. Um, really, their blue line is going to be what determines this this group. They got they got a lot of WHO players up in their blue line, and um, a lot of players making their 
World Junior debut. Slovakia has got a young team, and usually Slovakia does not usually do well in this tournament either. So, will um, will the youth propel them, propel them to an upset wins, maybe in the group stage or potentially in the quarterfinal round if they make it that far? Um, so that that's really going to be their biggest question. They they got a really young team. If if some of their young players can step up though, because uh. They've got a lot of draft eligible prospects coming up for the twenty twenty two draft. So if if they can um if they can uh impress this like step it up this year, they might be able to pull off an upset or two. So we will see. And then last but not least in this group, I've got Team Switzerland, who have a couple of NHL prospects with Brian Zanetti and Simon Knack. Um Yeah, uh, the the blue line really Brian Zanetti is going to be um, the anchor man of the blue line here, and um, they've got uh, Giancarlo Chanson, Noah Delmont, and Noah Meyer um, returning returning from last year's team. Uh, they've got an okay um, blue line there, but the forward group. Um, <laughs> the forward group is not looking great with Simon Knack, who is probably going to be the anchorman of this forward group. He's really the only, the only player, like the only good player for them. Uh, the other than Simon Knack, they're going to have to rely on Lorenzo. Can Kenonica, they got uh, a couple of players returning also with Atilio, Biasca, Ray Fust, and Valentine Hofer. Um, but yeah, uh, not looking, it's looking pretty bleak for Switzerland in this tournament. Maybe, maybe they'll be able to pull off an upset against Team Slovakia, but other than that, I really don't see much happening from Team Switzerland. So there you have it, your 2022 World Junior Championship Group B preview. And now for uh, group stage, I have I have Canada going up against Slovakia. Obviously, I think Canada is going to win that. Um, I also have Sweden going up against the Czech Republic. Um, uh, again, I think Sweden is going to have an easy time with that. And then I have the United States going up against Team Germany, which that's going to be an interesting matchup, but I feel like the Americans will be able to pull it out. Um, and then I've got Team Russia playing against Team Finland, which that is going to be a really great quarterfinal matchup. I have, um, I have Team Finland beating um the Russians though. 
So to round out the semifinals, I have Team Canada playing against Team USA, which is going to be a great matchup, a rematch of last year's gold medal match. And then I also have Team Finland going up against Tween, uh, the Swedes, which will be a great matchup also. As we, as I mentioned before, we got that Sweden or that Nordic rivalry there. We've got uh, then we've got on top of the head the Finns knocking off this uh the Swedes last in last year's tournament into quarterfinals. So um, two really great semifinal matchups if this were to happen, but really tough to make a decision here. I've got probably probably Team Canada in a close probably like one goal game, maybe go the, even into overtime or a shootout. Um and then I've got I've got the uh, Swedes beating Team Finland. So in the bronze medal match, match we'll have Team USA and Team Finland. In the gold medal match We'll have Team Canada, Team Sweden, Team Sweden looking to end a long gold medal drought. And uh, I think I think to round out the podium, I think it's going to be Sweden with the gold, Canada with the bronze, or with the silver, sorry, and then Team USA with the bronze. And that is my top three teams um, for this year's tournaments. And now we'll be going on to some ECHL and AHL action coming up right after this. All right, taking a quick look here at the AHL standings. Um, in the Atlantic Division, we've got the Springfield Thunderbirds in first place with a 660 point percentage. Second, we got the Hartford Wolfpack. Second, with a 652 win percentage. And third, we've got Providence Bruins with 591 points percentage. Fourth, Hershey Bears with a 563 win points percentage. Fifth, we got Charlotte Checkers with 556 points percentage. Sixth, we got Wilkes Bar Scranton Penguins with a 477 points percentage. Bridgepoint Islanders in seventh with a 429 points percentage. And in eighth, we got the Lehigh Valley Phantoms with a 417 win per, or points percentage. Now going on to the North Division, we've got the, in first place, we've got the Utica Comets, the Comets with, in first place with a 905 points percentage. Second place, we've got the Roch, Rochester Americans with a 652 points percentage. Third, we've got the Laval Rocket with a 542 Fourth, we've got the Cleveland Monsters with a 542. Fifth, we've got the Toronto Marlies with a 524. Sixth, Belfield Senators with a 500 points percentage. And in seventh, we've got the Syracuse Crunch with a 452 points percentage. In Central Division, first place, we've got the Chicago Wolves with an 808 points percentage. Second, we've got the Manitoba Moose with a 620 points percentage. Third, we've got the Iowa Wild with a 500 points percentage. Fourth, we got the Rockford Icehawks, 500 points percentage. Fifth, we got the Milwaukee Admirals with a 481 points percentage. Sixth, we got the Grand Rapids Griffins with a 478 points percentage. And in seventh, we got the Texas Stars with a 435 points percentage. Then rounding off the divisions, we got the 
the Pacific Division, we got first place, the Stockton Heat, with an 848 points percentage. Second, we got the Ontario Rain with a 714 points percentage. Third, we got the Henderson Silver Knights with a 614 points percentage. Fourth, we got the Tucson Roadrunners with a 524 points percentage. And fifth, we got the Abbotsford Canucks with a 523 points percentage. And sixth, we got the Colorado Eagles with a 500 points percentage. Seventh, we got the Bakersfield Condors with a 574 points percentage. In eighth, we got the San Jose Barracuda with a 438 points percentage. And in ninth place, we got the San Diego Gold with a 432 points percentage. Taking a look at the schedule, it looks like the majority of games for this week, at least after Sunday, were postponed. But some of the highlights, we got Springfield meeting. Uh, we got the Springfield Springfield Thunderbirds beating the Hartford Wolfpack in a one versus two matchup in the Atlantic Division. That was on. What was it? That was on Saturday, December eighteenth. Springfield Thunderbirds beating the Rock or the Hartford Wolfpack um, six to four in that one. And then in some other ones. You've got got Chicago Wolves beating the Milwaukee Admirals four to two. We've got Stockton Heat beating the Colorado Eagles five to two. And we've got the San Jose Barracuda beating the San Diego Goals four to one. And we've got another matchup between the Springfield Thunderbirds and Hartford Wolfpack that the Hartford Wolfpack won this time. Four to three in a close matchup. Then we got Rochester Americans beating Hershey Bears four to three on Sunday, and then that's when a lot of the postponements started to kick in. And looking at the schedule, though, we got a great matchup coming up. We got number three in the Central Division, the Iowa Wild, going up against number four Central Division, the Rockford Ice Hogs. That'll be on Monday. December 27th, as it looks like the um, AHL is taking a bit of a break until the 27th, just like the AHL is. Um, and then we got some other good matchups. We got the Utica Comets, Comets Rochester Americans. That'll be on Monday, December 27th also. And we've got Providence Bears going up against the Toronto Marlies. No, my mistake. That game is postponed. We will not be having that. That looks about it for the next week or so. Now, looking at the ECHL standings. In first place in the Central Division, we got the Toledo Walleye with 33 points. Second, we got the Fort Kane Comets. With 29 points. Third, we got the Wheeling Nailers with 29 points. Fourth, we got the Cincinnati Cyclones with 28 points. And fifth, we got the Kalamazoo Wings with 24 points. Sixth, we got the Indy Fuel with 19 points. And seventh, we got the Iowa Heartlanders, the new expansion team this year. They are in seventh with 19 points. Now, in the, in the Mountain Division, we've got first place, the Utah Grizzlies with 35 points. In second, we got the Idaho Steelheads with 33 points. In third place, we got the Rapid City Rush 
25 points. In fourth, we got the Tulsa Oilers, 23 points. In fifth, we got the Kansas City Mavericks, 21 points. Sixth, we got the Wichita Thunder with 21 points. And seventh, we got the Allen Americans with 19 points. Now moving on to the North Division. In first place, we got the Newfoundland Growlers in first with 31 points. In second place, we got the Troy's Troll Rivers Lions with 29 points. In third, we got the at Ironback Thunder with 21 points. In fourth, we got the Reading Royals with 21 points. In fifth, we got the Maine Mariners with 20 points. And in sixth, we got the Worcester Railers with 17 points. Now moving on to the South Division. In first place, we got the Jacksonville Icemen with 34 points. Second place, we got the Florida Everblades with 31 points. Third, we got the Atlanta Gladiators with 27 points. Fourth, we got the Orlando Solar Bears with 27 points. And fifth, we got the Greenville Swamp Rabbits with 22 points. Sixth, we got the Norfolk Admirals with 21 points. And in seventh, we got the South Carolina Stingrays with 20 points. Now, looking at the schedule from the past week, um, today we had a great matchup between the Atlanta Gladiators. The Jacksonville Icemen, that the Jacksonville Icemen were able to win 4-3 to three in overtime. That's a 1-3 versus three matchup in the South Division. Um, we got the Utah Grizzlies beating the Wichita Thunder 5-3 to three on Sunday. And we got the Kalamazoo Wings beating the Indy Fuel in a high-scoring matchup 8-6. to six. That was on Sunday, December 19th. And Iowa Heartlanders, the new expansion team from the Minnesota Wild, uh, they were able to beat the Kansas City Mavericks 3-2. That was on Saturday, December 18th. Now looking at the upcoming schedule, the ECHL also is taking a leave of absence until after the Christmas break, just like the NHL is doing. We got another matchup between the Iowa Heartlanders and the Kansas City Mavericks. We got the Fort Wayne Comets playing the Indy Fuel. And we've got Wichita Thunder playing the Tulsa Oilers all coming on Sunday. We've got the Orlando Solar Blades or Solar Bears beating or playing the Florida Everblades. And we've got another matchup between the Iowa Heartlanders and the Kansas City Mavericks. That's on Monday. We got the Utah Grizzlies playing the Rapid City Rush. That's going to be a great matchup. That's also on Monday, December 27th. And we've got the Atlantic Gladiators playing the Jacksonville Iceman in a one versus three matchup in the South Division. That'll be Tuesday, December 28th. All right, that wraps up this week's episode. Be sure to tune in next week. Actually, be tuning in. We'll have uh, little updates, little update episodes uh, every night after the games from the World Junior Championships. Um, wrap up so be tuned in for that and then also be tuning in next week as we have our second episode next wednesday peace out and i'll see you guys next week